You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Mark Kramer hanging out this morning in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. Jay continues to be on Daddy Lead. I'm looking forward to going on vacation after this show, but we got one more hour left, and we're going to end with a bang, and it includes Louisiana Tech's Athletic Director, Tommy McClellan. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Tommy, how are you doing this morning, bud? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me this morning. Uh, plenty of things to discuss, and I want to start with, with the big news that came out this week, and, of course, uh, the scheduling change up that conference usa has come up with and how to rework the basketball scheduling at the end of the year i was just uh, talking to kramer about it uh, pretty cool that conference usa thinking outside the box to try to beef up their schedule late in the year kind of walk us through this and how this is going to happen yeah absolutely well again it is it is outside the box and certainly when you when you step outside of the box you, you know you open yourself for criticism and praise and I think it, uh, some people think it's confusing or uh, silly, but the reality is, is um, you know, I, I've been in AD rooms for 11 years, and the conversations are always the same about basketball and really any sport, and that's non-conference RPI and non-conference scheduling. Well, that's, that's only as good as each institution in your league's decision on how to follow that. And so at the end of the day, Louisiana Tech could be really focused on having a great non-conference and We'll look at strength of schedule and RPI, uh, but if four or five other leagues, uh, teams in our league uh, don't have the same philosophy or, quite frankly, don't have the same priority in, in basketball, uh, then when you play those teams uh, it, it, multiple times, it hurts you. And so the theory here is to continue to focus on non-conference scheduling, uh, but then in this particular instance, uh, we will play a four, we have an 18-game schedule in men's basketball but the first 14 games will be predetermined just like every other traditional scheduling format in the country. After those 14 games are done on that Saturday, when you played your 14th conference game, every team will be put into three different groups, uh, a pod of five, a pod of five, and then another pod of four. And um, based on RPI or whatever the me- – that whatever the index the NCA selection committee is using, there's talk that they're going to come up with a new index. Uh, so if there is a new index, we'll use that one. If not, we'll use the RPI system. So regardless of how you are in the standings, let's just say hypothetically a person after 14 games could be third in the standing, but their RPI is sixth in compared to all their uh, the, the teams and they're in the rank. Then they would go in the second pod. Uh, and then maybe there might be a team that's ranked sixth in the standings but has a really strong RPI, and they would move into the first pod. And so it's a pod of four games, uh, five teams, four games, and it's intended to increase the seed of the team that winds up going to the NCAA tournament. And then it's also intended to increase our chances at a second bid. Um, and so when you have these four, these four games, uh, in this one pod at the top, if you will look at it as a top pod, uh, they're going to all play each other and get RPI boost. And here's what's fresh on our minds. Let's take baseball as an example. We go down to Southern Miss. We win two out of three. We're feeling great. We come back. It's on our schedule. We can't do anything about it. We sweep all Dominion. But regardless of the fact that we won those three games in baseball, our RPI got worse every day, even though we won. And then you, you go into the tournament, you play Rice, lose to it, takes a hit. But we played Florida Atlantic and lost, and our RPI actually improved. And so if you just think of it in that same context of the fear of losing should not be there. If you're, if you're in the ACC or the SEC or the Big East and you're playing basketball, they're not worried about you know losing a game on the road because they know that it's not going to hurt them at the end of the day. And so what we're trying to do is manufacture – better RPI at the end of the season as they go into the tournament. Now, when the tournament starts, it's not all the RPI stuff goes out the window and it goes back to seeding. So if a team has done well and they've won all their games or they've won the majority of their games, regardless of what their RPI is, they could still be the number one seed going into the tournament. I like it. I think it's a great idea. 
Tommy, a couple things you talk about, of course, improving your resume, and then also as an athletic director, if you guys can get in that top five, Lady Texters or the, the Duncan Dogs, you look at this could uh, really be some attractive home games at the end of the year. There's no question. Now, you know, the challenge is for the, the average fan, this is on us to continue to talk, educate, and to explain uh, this deal because people, uh, this is new and different. When our schedule comes out, it's going to say here, here are the you know the Duncan Dog schedule, here are the 14 games. Then those last four games, it's going to be uh, location to be determined, and time to be determined, and team to be determined. We don't know. I can't even say based on the way that this thing works. We don't even know if it's going to be a home game or a road game uh, just yet. And so that last four weeks is going to be bonus play, and we won't know till seven days prior to we start it on whether or not we join on the road to Marshall or whether or not we have a home game against Southern Miss or going on the road to North Texas, we, we won't know. So from a budget standpoint, that's the, the biggest disadvantage to this schedule uh, as an athletic director is, hey, I gotta, I've got to plan for probably some level of increase because you're talking about uh, if we have to fly uh, within uh, seven to, to, to ten days or whatever it is, what our distance is on the, the, uh, whichever our way game hits, all of a sudden trying to get a team, purchase airplane tickets, for you know, 20, 25 people with staff and managers and trainers and team, and that's that's a tough task. Uh, but again, I think um, that's the only negative in this scenario because it's certainly going to give a better concentrated. If you look at Middle Tennessee State and Western Kentucky this year, the two the two or three teams they had to play down the stretch really killed them in our league uh, in terms of trying to get in at large. I, I can't remember who the teams were that they played, uh, but I know they were in the 200 plus RPIs. And it was just like, they're on the schedule, we have to play them, but it's killing us. This will eliminate that. And actually, if you could imagine this year's basketball teams, if you could take the last four weeks of the season and, you know, middle and western and, and maybe Marshall, whatever, all played each other. Again, we want to be in that group. In the last six years, we have been in that group with the exception of this past year. It just enhances everyone's chance. And that's going to spill over to other things. Increasing the seed for the best team, hopefully getting a second team in as an at-large. And then if there are three other teams that have benefited from the wake that's created by those other two teams, maybe that's a chance for some NIT games that we've not been getting. And so if you look at it as, hey, in the last couple of years, we've gotten one team in the NCAA and one team in the NIT. Maybe this is a chance for us to get hopefully two or three in the NCAA and then two or three in the NIT. Follow-up question that you uh, talked about, of course, uh, baseball and you know, working on the Diamond Dogs resume. I guess if this is a success on the basketball scene and it could be uh, carried over into baseball, it would probably be a little bit more difficult. But is that kind of the line of thinking right now in the conference? Well, I guess we, we want to see how, how genius this is or not, I guess. Uh, but, you know, the thought behind it certainly can be applied, I think, to any other uh, any other team that we have. Baseball certainly is more challenging in that already we do not play everyone in our league. And as as it became this year in baseball, how difficult it was going to be determined whether or not us or Florida Atlantic was going to be second or third because we never played each other. And if it wasn't for a canceled game uh, in Boca the last week of the season and us sweeping uh, Old Dominion, uh, we, we would not have finished second. We never even played Florida Atlantic. Removing one or two more teams that you don't play, it becomes even more difficult to figure out who's the champion. Because in baseball, you're going to have rainouts and cancellations, and so games are going to get uh, eliminated, whereas you're not going to have that in basketball. Everyone's going to play everyone at least once, and then you get into bonus play. So there's ways to break ties. <clears throat> but if you have a four, you know, in baseball, we have a 12-team league and you only play eight teams and you didn't play four of them, even though you have a chance to improve the RPI, it's going to get harder to determine really kind of who the champion is uh, based on you're not playing four teams in your own league. Tommy, this is a uh, kind of a two-part question. Was, uh, was there anybody, of course, obviously either, you know, you guys as athletic directors uh, had to vote on all of this. Were there any of the schools – that had reservations about it where they kind of said, hey, I don't know if we want to vote for this or not? You know, the, all the discussion started back uh, really kind of in the winter. So 
Uh, we we consult. We've hired a guy named Mark Adams, uh, who is a, a you know a commentator and former coach, and he he's the guy that's come in and really we challenged him to hey help us think outside the box. So he kind of came up with this concept. That helped because he's a former coach. He's an NBA, uh, an NCAA basketball uh, commentator. So the coaches respect him. So when he presented it to us in January uh, down in our Florida meeting. Um, we went back and had conversation with our coaches, and I think there's probably some people that didn't quite understand it, but as Mark went around to campus to campus uh, during that period of time and helped explain to the coaches, I think they really got it and understood it. Um, and, and, and certainly, um, again, who he is helped with that, with that um, you know, explanation. Then we were all together in spring meetings just a couple weeks ago, and at that point there really wasn't discussion on whether or not we should do it or not. It was just, you know, hey, what's the best way to, to mitigate travel? I mean, even the coaches don't want to, you know, all of a sudden it comes out and for Louisiana Tech, within seven days, we got to figure out how to get a hunting to West Virginia. So we, we're trying to figure out, hey, what's the best way to mitigate this travel uh, so that you don't have to just turn around and, and go somewhere is, is, is on a quick turnaround. But, no, the coaches are excited about it. Uh, it's unique. It's different again. You know, what's the old saying? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, right. expecting a different result. And and so for us, it's we've been doing the same thing over and over again, and the conversations were focused on non-conference scheduling and how to improve that. That's only as good as the people that are committed to it. If you've got four or five teams, and I can promise you, in every league, there are four or five programs. They're just not invested in, in making their basketball program what it should be. So inevitably, you have to play those teams sometimes twice in a year, and it kills you. And so what if you could not play them as many times, and you can enhance the amount of times you play the top teams, it's only going to make the, the, the conference RPI better. You know, one of the other kind of piggyback things that could happen as well, well with you guys, as Aaron said, thinking outside the box and putting this thing into, uh, into play uh, the conference itself could get a lot of good national publicity if it works, and you see other conferences starting to piggyback on what you guys have done. Uh, this could be uh, something that could be a real positive national uh, spotlight kind of thing for Conference USA. Yeah, I hope it works. I hope no one else does it <laughs> because uh, if it works <laughs> and no one else does it, then that's an advantage. You know, the reason we wanted to do it is because you know, right now that would be a separator for us. If, if everybody did it, then we'd get back on the level playing field with them. So, again, like I said, I hope I hope it works and I hope everybody does it. But, um, you know, I, uh, I I think it's, um, you know, it's an interesting concept. And it's really, if you think of it this way, we have this normal flow to how we think about uh, every season, okay, whether that's uh, basketball or baseball, whatever, non-conference, conference, conference tournament national tournament that's kind of how you that's the flow non-conference conference conference tournament national tournament well in essence we're adding a a a primer or a prerequisite kind of tournament prior to the conference tournament so now the format will basically be non-conference conference bonus play conference tournament national tournament so you know people are always trying to figure out a way to you know, ha- have a different experience. And I think if you start thinking of the, the rhythm of that, to your point, Mark, I do think that if it works, that will start to be the more, that will become more normal. And that will be the rhythm is non-conference, conference, bonus play, conference tournament, national tournament. Louisiana Tech Athletic Director Tommy McCullen joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Uh, Tommy, overall, as you reflect on the athletic season for Louisiana Tech, what do you think? How did it fare for you guys? Well, I think we, you know, we, overall, it's, it's hard to, to, to knock the success that we've had. Surely there's been times where we wish we maybe had a little bit more success, uh, but I don't. there's never going to be a perfect season. We're not going to win every game that's on the schedule. We go back and look at our football program, and we've had some ups and downs, but, man, what a great finish to go 6-6, six and six, get, to the, um, get to, the, uh, to the Frisco Bowl and have a chance to just really uh, dominate an opponent uh, there in our backyard in, in Dallas with a great crowd. Um, our soccer program had a, a great year this year as well. We had five programs that finished uh, in the top four uh, 
this whole year, and that was uh, a great diversity of, of programs that were successful. Our softball program, our women's basketball program, and baseball, they all finished, um, I think, in the top four of their respective leagues or, or teams. Um, but women's basketball, I, I think what Brooke and Scott are doing is tremendous, and, and I think the future just continues to be bright for them. Uh, the Duncan Dogs won uh, several injuries and, and a, a young man that decided not to play anymore. Um, you know, I think that season could have turned out a whole lot different. I'm optimistic about the future of, of uh, what we've got coming back with Coach Conkle. Baseball and softball continue to be huge bright spots for us in the spring as we look at just the amount of wins that both Coach Montgomery and Coach Burroughs are racking up in the spring. It's, it, it's a fun time to be on the diamond, both softball and, and baseball, uh, here the last several years. But uh, as we look to the future, I mean, I think uh, it, it looks like another year where we could have a lot of success. But, you know, for me as athletic director, certainly that's one thing. And then our success in the classroom is something that I continue to be proud of and how our – because the, the time demands and the expectations of our student-athletes, when I know that they're achieving at a high level uh, in the classroom and what they have to deal with on the field or the court, uh, it's certainly remarkable. We have roughly 315 student-athletes, roughly, and uh, – Back in the spring, we had the, the commissioner's honor roll came out, uh, and almost 200 of those student athletes had a 3.0 or better. I mean, you start thinking about over half of your entire student population with a 3.0, and I think it's just like in anything else in life. Uh, sometimes uh, the negatives out, you know, get the get the attention and they outweigh the positive. But I can promise you, the data would suggest uh, that there are some incredibly bright and gifted and talented academic students that we have on our campus, and we're proud of them. And then what they're doing in the classroom, making a difference in our community, and how they're getting out and giving back, we truly really want to instill in them the opportunity to understand that you've been blessed, you've been given a talent, you've been given a scholarship, and it's all about how you give back and how you pay uh, tribute back to the people that have helped make you successful. And uh, that happens every day organically, and a lot of those things never get noticed. Uh, but it's going on on our campus and in our community. Tommy, finally, uh, last year you were wearing a hard hat during the summer, of course, uh, finishing up the renovations on that beautiful suites and press boxes there at the Joe. What's the biggest challenge that you're tackling this summer? Well, I think uh, for us it, it's always this time of year we're finishing out a budget and trying to make sure that we can, uh, you know, uh, finish out strong. And that, that's, that's campuses across the country uh, for anybody that's uh, – that's been in athletics understands you're always you're always trying to to tie those ends at the end of the season. Uh, but we we we're about to enter into a capital campaign with the university. Uh, we're approaching uh, um, 125 years, and, and uh, we're looking at raising uh, 125 million dollars for for the campus. And athletics is going to be a part of that. And and how, how do we how do we do that? And how uh, what's in that plan? Those things will be announced in the future. But we're in the stages of planning for that. And I think for us, our focus uh, uh, has got to be at some level on student success. And, and whether that's academics or student welfare, we've done a lot to improve our athletic facilities, uh, and we're going to continue to do that. Uh, and those have been kind of sports-specific. But I think probably what you'll see, our next big project that will come out will be something that's focused on student success, probably in the academic area. Tommy, as always, we appreciate the time. Enjoy your summer, bud. Appreciate it. Thank you, Aaron. Tommy McCullough, Louisiana Tech's athletic director. Some good stuff there. And, I, and listen, Conference USA, I, give them some credit there just to come yeah. up with this. And why not try it? Absolutely. What do you got to lose? What you were doing wasn't working just being a one-bid league. And even though Tommy said that you know, he hopes that nobody else does it, I still think uh, on, from just the PR side of it, because I can see his point, yeah. that then it would turn back into a playing a level playing field for everybody. But uh, and logistically, it's going to be there's going to be some issues. Oh yeah, there's got. I was going to say before he said it, one of my questions was going to be, and how many travel new travel administrators have you hired to try and deal with those travel nightmares when you only have a week to try and fly somebody to Florida International for you know for a basketball game? But uh, anyway, I think it's going to be good. I think what I was going to say was I think it'd be good, great PR for the conference. Uh, to kind of come out there and put themselves out there with something that's innovative usually 
that seems to be confined to the Power Five kind of groups. So I think it's good. We're way over the break. Coming up at 8.30, we look forward to catching up with former State and Louisiana Tech Bulldog Luke McCollum. Let's take a timeout. The Morning Drive on Sports Talk 97.7. Back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road car king. Whether you have a sports or an orthopedic injury, nagging low back or neck pain, work-related injury, or even vertigo, get the care and treatment you need at Legacy Outpatient Therapy Services. LOTS has been a reliable health care provider for Ruston and the surrounding communities for over 15 years. Give Chase Patterson and his team of skilled therapists a call at 318-255-9601 or visit our website at LegacyRehab.net. LOTS, official partner of Louisiana Tech Athletics and your home for trusted therapy solutions. Powered by Legacy Rehabilitation. Brad Parker and his wife, Leah, opened the Iron Cactus in Calhoun, Louisiana on July 12, 2010, and has made Iron Cactus into a -a one-of-a-kind restaurant and, in my opinion, the best Tex-Mex in the area. They now have a second location at 428 Desired Street in Monroe. Iron Cactus offers a family-friendly environment that's open for lunch and dinner and also has an array of platters for your catered events. Every time you visit Iron Cactus, you'll find a dedicated and grateful staff with a commitment to deliver the best Tex-Mex, along with the fresh ideas that will make you want to come back again and again. They pride themselves in using fresh food to meet your expectations of a delicious dining experience, and they look forward to serving you in a simple cantina setting. What's better than the Iron Cactus fajitas? Eating them with a margarita, obviously. They are so excited to announce they are now serving your favorite margaritas, wine, and ice-cold beer in downtown Monroe. 428 Desired Street, Monroe, and 1304 Highway 80 East in Calhoun. Local Sports Talk is on the air. On the morning drive, this hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. All right, uh, a couple headlines. OTAs continue for the Saints. Hey, Boston Scott, by all reports, another. Yeah, doing, uh, doing good. It is a practice. They're running around in shorts and shirts and a helmet. But uh, Boston Scott had a couple nice grabs yesterday according to several uh, media reports. Good uh, good to see him do that. Of course, he's going to be uh, strongly considered for a lot of special teams as well. And uh, punt returning, I know that's something he even said himself in some of the interviews that either we've had uh, here with him on 97.7 or uh, clips that I've heard of him talking to the media down in New Orleans. But nowadays, Aaron, you know, especially with the Sean Payton philosophy, any running back worth his salt uh, we all know that they're a good running back or they wouldn't have gotten drafted or be on a team in the first place. But can they catch the ball out of the backfield? Those guys that can do that and be just as effective as running the ball with that are going to be a good commodity in the NFL and even more of a commodity in a Sean Payton offense. In, a, in an NCAA regionals today, of course, LSU versus San Diego State, Northwestern State versus Oregon State. You can hear the Aztecs and the Tigers on Sports Talk 97.7 coming up today at 3 o'clock. And then, of course, what took place last night and so many different storylines. Golden State takes care of Cleveland in dramatic fashion. They win an OT by 10. So many different storylines in this game, including a controversial call, J.R. Smith not knowing what the score was. And then, of course, a little brouhaha at the end of the game. Still going to be curious, I said this early in the show, about whether there's going to be any suspensions for Sunday's game two that could further damage the uh, chances for the Cavaliers if there are some suspensions. Tristan Thompson, of course, shoving the ball in the face of Jermon Green, and then uh, Kevin Love coming on to the court. Uh, typically, that is a one-game suspension. So Cleveland's got a lot of issues besides the fact they're now down one to nothing. And you want to talk about a cut, uh, a punch to the gut, or even perhaps a punch to even the lower section to lose a game in that fashion, or at least to have an opportunity at the egg under regulation and not able to get it done. Especially on the road. You know, that's that makes it even worse uh, because in the, in the finals, you want to be able to steal one game 
on the other team's home court and to be able to do that in game one. It's just like I thought it was an interesting perspective, Aaron, from Clay, uh, from uh, Steph Curry after the game, his interview with Doris Burke, when he said, you know, we usually spend this first game, it's an opponent we don't see very much during the regular season. And, um, you know, we've, we've faced them in the finals the last three or four years, but it's kind of a feeling out process where we are getting used to who we're going to guard, how they move uh, defensively, what they run offensively, how they set their screens. He went through the whole myriad of different characteristics wow. of, uh, of what's going on. So I thought that was an interesting perspective on his part to say the game one because they kind of looked a little eh, lackadaisical a little bit, you know, in the first, especially in the first half. So I think they'll get uh, a little more comfortable in game two, and you may see a little more, especially at a home game, you may see a little more domination from Golden State here in game two. As Ty pointed out in Jonesboro's, as bad as you may feel this morning, you probably don't feel as bad as J.R. Smith. Well, we think. Or maybe J.R. Smith slept well, well last night. Yeah, he has 13 million reasons to sleep good. Uh, George Hill, on the other hand, may not be sleeping too well either. You add him to the list, Tristan Thompson, the least valuable players for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, and George Hill, again, is the guy that's kind of uh, slid out the side door here in all of this controversy and discussion because – He's actually the one that missed that free throw that could have put Cleveland ahead and won the game for him. But all of this other stuff going on around him has kind of uh, kind of had people forget about what he what he didn't do. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, we look forward to hearing from uh, former New Orleans Saint and Louisiana Tech Bulldog Luke McCown. He's got a big announcement to make on the morning drive. That's coming up after the break. Get your crawdaddies now at Randall's Fine Meats. Randall's Fine Meats has your crawdaddies ready to go every day. Low prices for live or boiled. Ask about their 5 and 10 pound specials on some of the best crawfish around. Plus, Randall's will even cater your next event. Just give them a call, 343-0382, and book in advance. Randall's also has your specialty stuffed meats. And you have to try his fried cracklings. At Randall's, like them on Facebook or just stop on by. Randall's Fine Meats, 4205 Old Sterlington Road, Monroe. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Ever notice how many weddings are in June? You know what that means, huh? Anniversaries come in June. Yeah, guys, National Jewelry can help you with the gift that will speak so special of your years together. You can never go wrong with diamonds. Diamonds on anything from bracelets to rings to pendants to earrings. And your anniversary gift is perfectly gift-wrapped. National Jewelry on Reynolds Drive in Ruston, your diamond and engagement ring store for your anniversary. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Welcome back to the morning drive. Aaron and Mark hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. All joining us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline, old friend of the program. Former Louisiana Tech Bulldog, New Orleans Saint, now just a businessman, Luke McCown. Luke, what's going on, bud? How you been? Hey, Aaron. What's going on, guys? Good. Uh, man, uh, exciting announcement coming for you. Uh, you kind of make that shift. You make the announcement when on April 20th, 2018, that you are retiring. Now you're in the business world. What's going on with you, Luke? Well, uh, man, I... I... I let Drew talk me into a few things uh, while I was in New Orleans with him, and and one of those uh, ventures that that we've kind of begun here is 
uh, Jimmy John's restaurant. Yeah. Uh, a great um, quick serve restaurant uh, that, that is the uh, the freshest and the fastest, uh, really, of, of any sandwich I've ever had. And um, and so, uh, man, we're we're off and running with uh, with one in Ruston uh, that's just off the of campus, and uh, it's done a great job for us. And um, and we've recently bought uh, another store uh, in Monroe, and uh, we're having a grand opening this coming Thursday, uh, June seventh, uh, from eleven to three, and and uh, really really looking to have a uh, a, a great turnout uh, by the from the community, just wanting to kind of uh, invest ourselves into the community and 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 say that we're we're there, we're there to support and help and and serve and uh, and and hopefully be a staple. So, Luke, when you're hanging out with uh, Drew in that locker room, of course you're breaking down defenses and in that quarterback room, but you're also talking a little butt business. Is this how this all got started? It, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, there's you you, you listen. Uh, there, there's no other person that I spent more time with over the last four years uh, outside of my wife than Drew Brees, and uh, and so Drew and I, I mean, you, you uh, when you spend that much time together, you uh, really uh, cover the uh, uh, the gamut of of topics and and situations and and life subjects and family and kids and um, and, he, and he's truly one of my best friends, and so. Uh, we got to talking about various uh, business ventures and investments and stuff like that, and, and he said, "Hey, man, you know, you really ought to look into into this Jimmy John thing." And uh, he said, "Man, if what we've got to take doesn't have anything like that, it's really a, a you know built for that." And so we did some digging on it, and and um, and wanted to be a part of a of a good team, you know, as as, as to use a sports analogy, I guess, but. Uh, they're a, they're a brand that supports you and helps you, and uh, uh, they stand for the right things. And so, uh, wanted to be a part of, of something like that. And so, uh, we're we're off and rolling. Luke, what would be the thing that would surprise people the most about Drew Brees that you've learned from him? Man, <clears throat> Drew is is one of the most genuine people that you will ever meet. Um, the 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 man he is the character that he represents uh, when you see him on the field um, that's who he is in life he is uh, um, I mean he's he's a hundred percent all in to everything that he does and uh, competitive man competitive and uh, he um, every, just literally every everything that he does he wants to be the best at it and and whether it's business whether it's you know, football, obviously, he's already accomplished that. He's, he's one of the top, uh, in my opinion, probably a top five greatest all time. Um, I, I, I really believe that. But when it comes to his family, uh, his marriage, uh, his, his um, you know, his, his belief systems, man, he, he wants to be the absolute best at, uh, at every bit of it. And he doesn't want to leave any stone unturned when it uh when it comes to uh, all of those things so he he looks for advice he looks for coaching he looks for um just ways to um uh, get the most out of everything that he does and so he's he's and from that aspect he's he's really one of the most genuine people that you will ever meet and 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 be around and i'm i'm blessed and fortunate to call him a friend and have uh have been around him for for quite some time now those quarterback challenges that you guys would have after practice, of course, yeah. during training camp. How many of those did you win against a future Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, we we now the other thing about being competitive is that we we never did something without keeping track of wins and losses. And uh, there's, um, I would tell you, there's more than a handful of times where at the end of uh, training camp or at the end of the week. Um, that uh, that I had the lead, uh, and I was I was uh, ahead by a margin. Now the other thing about Drew is that uh, if, if a call doesn't go his way, much like the NBA Finals last night, he will look to overturn it <laughs> in some way, uh, form or fashion. He will uh, argue it. He will, uh, you know, kind of put a new spin on the competition or on the rules of the competition, and 
Uh, but it's all in good fun, and, and uh, man, we, we, we had a blast doing those. Mm. Yeah, he's got a little pull with the Saints, too. So he can no, just a little bit. Which... <laughs> hey, uh, we always hear from coaches talking about what makes a good teammate, Luke. And, of course, you spent 13 years in the NFL. How would you describe what is a good teammate? Well, a good teammate uh, really is, is not a whole lot different from a good man. You know, it's a guy that uh, accepts responsibility, uh, and that's um, really across the board, uh, you know, accepting responsibility to do your job, accept, accepting the responsibility to have uh, an expectation placed on you as a teammate or as a player or as a role um, that has a role on that team, maybe in a specific scheme or something like that but an expectation that you're going to do, uh, A, what's necessary to be ready for uh, your job, and B, do your job real well. Uh, and and um, I think that sometimes we get away from that. We get away from uh, placing expectations on people too high because maybe they, uh, they don't handle that pressure or maybe, um, you know, they, they just don't operate well uh, when somebody's expecting something out of them. But, uh, you know, I always, I always loved the fact that as a backup quarterback uh, in the NFL that there was an expectation on me and, and part of uh, who I was and, and why I, I continued to um, have opportunities and, and teams would want me to come and support their starter was because they expected me to uh, play well if called upon. Now, I wasn't called upon a whole lot, but uh, the times that uh, I did have to step in and play, I fared pretty well. And so, um, you know, I, I think they accept responsibility. Uh, I think they um, they uh, reject the, the kind of the passive notions of, of, well, I'm just a backup or I'm just uh, I'm not, uh, you know, as um, important of a player as, say, a Drew Brees or I'm not as – I don't carry the same – name as a uh, Jimmy Graham or a Marcus Colston or some of these guys that I've gotten to play with. And so um, it's not as important for me to do my job as it is for them. And, and yet, man, the best teammates are guys that take their job uh, uh, extremely uh, seriously and, uh, and and want to be great at it no matter what. So they, they kind of reject this, this notion that um, uh, somebody else will do it, you know, and so – um, you know, I, I, I have uh, had the opportunity to be around some great players, um, you know, from Derek Brooks in Tampa and, uh, and Rondi Barber and uh, Matt Ryan in, in Atlanta and, and Maurice Jones-Drew in, uh, in Jacksonville and, and, and Drew Brees. And so all these guys exemplify this, you know what, um, I'm not going to leave it up to anybody else. Uh, I'm going to do my job and I'm going to make sure I'm prepared um, you know, and, and I'm going to meet the expectations that my teammates place on me because they expect me to meet those expectations. And uh, to me, that's a, that's, a, that's a great teammate. Your roles have certainly changed now. You are a businessman and, of course, a father of six. I didn't miss one, did I? That's a no. <laughs> you didn't miss one, but you didn't give me one either, so I appreciate that too. Uh, what's harder right now? Uh, well, are you a better coach now or were you a better quarterback? Oh, man, um, uh, you know, the, my dad used to always say um, the, the older I get, the better I was. And so <laughs> the further I get away from playing quarterback, man, the better I, the better I was. Um, but I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying uh, some time with my family. I'm enjoying, um, you know, the other aspects of, of life that are coming along now and having an opportunity to, to, uh, to run a few businesses and, and, and you know, kind of uh, be on that side of things as an owner. and then uh, But at the same time, training some kids and some quarterbacks over here in East Texas and, and uh, helping them uh, hopefully meet uh, some of their goals and, and expectations they, they want to place on themselves. And so uh, just, man, enjoying life and enjoying what, what God has given me and the opportunities that he's blessed me with. Two final questions, Luke. Uh, first of all, if we go back, I think you guys were playing, it was uh, Louisiana Tech versus Oklahoma State one weekend in Shreveport. On the same weekend, your brother was playing for Sam Houston and came over and played ULM. If we go back to yep. that week and say that both of you guys would have uh, these long careers in the NFL, and, of course, your brother still in it, 
What do you think the Still odds going. of that happening for both of you would be? Well, um, man, I, I heard somebody say that uh, playing in the NFL, um, you know, is kind of like getting, uh, you know, hit by lightning and bitten by a great white shark um, on the same day. Uh, at the same, like almost simultaneously, that's about the, the chances. And so, um, man, uh, you know, it, it, it's a goal that, that I know that we both placed on ourselves early in life. I know I, I made that, that choice in second grade that, that this was the, the life that I was going to pursue. Um, and, and literally every, you know, and it, it had nothing to do with parents pushing me or mom and dad. And it, it just, that's what I wanted to, to pursue. And, uh, you know, I had two older brothers that kind of thought the same way. And so my mindset was, well, if they can do it, I can do it, and I can probably do it better. And uh, so it was it was a dream that, that all of us always chased. Uh, Josh and I were, were very fortunate to end up having kind of that prototypical size, and uh, we had some athleticism and can do some, some things um, athletically that not many people – uh, in our position could do and then we could we could throw a ball for some reason you know God gave us the ability to throw a ball and be able to hit marks that not a lot of people could hit and so um, man I, I don't know what the chances would be but it's been a fun ride and uh, and uh, we're we're uh, we don't take it lightly we know how how blessed we've been because of it and and that's a lot of the reason you know there's a lot of talk about Josh and, and mentor and Sam Darnold and and how he's kind of embraced that role, and and we've always looked at our career that way. That we're just we have an opportunity to help somebody else out in their career. Now we compete. We we want to win. We want to be the starters and all that stuff. But it's not beyond us to go. Hey, we've been given a, an opportunity here to to bless others, and so why not help somebody else reach their dreams as well? And so, uh, man, we we've enjoyed the time and. Uh, yeah, Josh is still playing, still still rolling, and and, and uh, he's got a great opportunity with a uh, an improved team this year uh, with the Jets. Congratulations on the retirement, of course. Uh, thanks for doing what you're doing inside the community. Once again, uh, next Thursday, grand opening in Monroe. And next Thursday, grand opening in Monroe, right there on uh, 165. It's uh, from 11 to 3. It's one dollar sub. So uh, all the classic sandwiches from our number one to our number six are one dollar off. Only in shop, though. Drive-through will be closed, so you have to come in. Um, that way, we can get you inside there, and and uh, and you can see the atmosphere. You're gonna love it. Luke, you're the best. We appreciate the time, bud. Thank you. Aaron, you're awesome, man. Thanks so much. Luke McCowan, former Louisiana Tech Bulldog. Uh, some great stuff there. Go back away. My first week at uh, KNOE, and it was, uh, I remember going over to Louisiana Tech, one of the first press conferences there. And, of course, he was getting his first start against Miami that week. So go back a little while. Let's take a timeout. Coming up next, our weekly visit with Joey Trappé. Plus, Kramer's going to come strong. He's got a parting shot that's going to blow you away after the break. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. and you need to cool down, call the experts at Chili's Heating and Cooling. Take advantage of our current offers on all our qualifying Lennox air conditioning systems. Visit us online at Chili'sAC.com and like us on Facebook. Chili's Heating and Cooling, your independent premier Lennox dealer. Chili's Heating and Cooling, we heat you up, we cool you down. The all-new Yard Power of Monroe, Northeast Louisiana's only Cub Cadet dealer. Your Cub Cadets Superstore is holding a big open house this Saturday where you can save 15% on all Cub Cadet Pro Z mowers. That could mean up to $1,800 in savings. Big discounts on a great selection, even red tag special deals on closeout inventory. 
So remember YP, Yard Power. On Highway 165 in Monroe, just one mile north of Century Lane. Good morning. Here's latest weather conditions for the area. Mostly sunny skies, not quite as hot today with a high of 91 degrees. Mostly clear skies, mild temperatures on tonight are low 74. Mostly sunny skies with warmer temperatures on tomorrow in the high of 95 degrees. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Before we get to our parting shots, Kramer, we always love visiting with Joey Trappé on Fridays. He joins us on the Stuart Shelby Hotline. Joey, where you been hiding, man? Man, I was at the beach. Oh, go figure. Hey, by the way, I'm oh, heading to no, a... no, no, no. Don't come <laughs> here with that. You, you, you hey, I, I'm going to a, a Jamaica. I'm going to Jamaica tomorrow. You've been there a few times. Any advice? Yeah, I've been there before, man. It's it's fun. It's it's a fun spot to be at for sure. Great advice, there, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Joey, uh, this summer, I man. Had a three-year-old yelling at me. <laughs> okay, I understand. <laughs> hey, uh, what's going on over at one of your four restaurants? You haven't added one since you were on vacation, have you? No, I sure haven't, man. Uh, man, it's it, it's just the summer, you know. You got NBA uh, finals rolling. Uh, great game last night. Um, got baseball tournaments all around us now. Uh, all stars are starting to kick off, and um, you know, just the the summer months. Uh, you just gotta cope with this hot weather coming through, man. It's uh. You always give me grief about talking about the weather, but man, it, it, it's going to be a little warm with this week weekend. I think the uh, the summer's coming up on us pretty quick, so it's um just another you know funny, eventful weekend. You got these regionals kicking off. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of hype around LSU with their late push, um, you know, late in the season. So I think there will be some interest. I think that kicks off today. So um, we're just looking forward to it, man, and we're just, um, you know, just trying to get on your level, Ben. We go to Jamaica every other weekend. Oh, please. Uh, Joey, <laughs> you get a unique perspective. Uh, are fans bigger around here? Are they bigger Golden State fans or Cleveland fans? Man, uh, I, think, I think I'd have to lean more Golden State just because there's so much hate on LeBron, but I just – Man, what what he's doing right now is pretty remarkable, honestly. I mean, he's got a team full of a bunch of dudes that don't even know if the score's up by one or tied. You know, <laughs> J.R. Smith had a had a blunder last night, but somewhere George Hill's got to be kind of hiding things, thinking, man, whew, dodge some heat on that one. I mean, if, if he makes the free throw, you're never in a position to to not know the situation. You know, so. um it's a. It, I think it's going to be a good finals. I think it's going to be hard to to keep up with Golden State in their shooting. Um, I think if Cleveland would have was going to, was able to steal Game One yesterday, um, it would have been a different vibe. But man, that that, that was a blow. I, I, I think that was, that was a huge blow to Cleveland. All right, Joey. Besides the the Fieldhouse Portico and of course uh, traps, great opportunity to get out on traps on that deck patio. Uh, Crawfish City. How yep. many weeks we got left? Is it over yet? Man, I think we. Yeah, no, nah, I think we got about maybe one more week, man. Uh, after this one, um, maybe two. It's just the uh, the crawfish are, are starting to shrink a little bit in size, and they're starting to get hard. And it's just people are are, are backing off of them. Yeah, is that that's traditionally what it's like um, every year. But we're, we're rolling out a, a pretty good special. Ten pounds, you get two free. Uh, so, you, you know, you get 12 pounds on every 10-pound order that you order. It's worked really well this week, and we've had a lot of people come in and get their last little cravings in. So, you know, we uh, got a couple big boils tomorrow. So if you, you're trying to squeeze one more boil in or have a party and have 100 and 200 pounds, at, you know, at the party, give us a shout, and we'll hook you up for sure. And, um you know, if you're out and about around Fieldhouse or Traps or Portico, make sure you stop in. We'll have the regional action all broadcasted on all the TVs, and we'll be ready to go. Joey, appreciate the time, man. We'll see you when I get back. Have fun. All right, Kramer, uh, let's get into our parting shots. We don't have time for the uh, bumper here. What is uh, on your mind as we end this week? Well, one thing, one of my biggest things right now, I'm going to think outside the box like Tommy McClellan was talking okay. about with Conference USA. 
if you watched all of the, uh, not just the, say the Conference USA or SEC on TV, the regionals, I mean the, the conference tournaments, the way they do the brackets, when they get to the loser's bracket, they stay on the same side. And there's a lot of instances, for example, if, well, look at Florida Atlantic and Rice. It would have been Louisiana Tech had they beaten Florida Atlantic. They ended up playing three or four, three times, I think, in the tournament, playing the same team three times. I want to th- I want to see somebody think outside the box and do crossover losers bracket games to where you're playing different teams instead of playing the same team three times. And so instead of, uh, when you have the loser's bracket, take the loser's bracket from the other side and move it over because then by that time the seedings don't matter, really, because uh, they don't even let the highest seed, which I disagree with, the highest seed should always be the home team. Otherwise, what's the benefit if you only do it the first game? Otherwise, after that, they flip a coin uh, in some conferences. The other ones go uh, like high school here in Louisiana. Well, who was the last home team? Have you been home team twice? Have you been visitors twice? They do all that. The home, t- the highest seed should always be the home team. That should be a benefit of your regular season accomplishments. Mm-hmm. But switch over, take the uh, losers bracket from the other side, and move them over to the other side of the bracket in the losers. And that way, you don't have a situation where uh, the same teams have to play three times against each other and I think I think that takes a little bit away from the tournament and also kind of is a little boring because uh, it's just you might as well just play a three game series like you do during the regular season all right that's my outside the box so for the course of the next uh, 24 36 hours happy may hear about it for the next uh, month it's all going to be about J.R. Smith and of course not owning the moment owning the mistake how many times have we seen this, Kramer? You make a blunder like this, and what you got to do is just face the cameras and say, hey, yeah. I screwed up. Right. My bad. And, of course, he's going the other way, saying that was not the case. He was just basically trying to pull the ball out and trying to call timeout or trying to find LeBron to get off a game-winning shot. And which is all of the video of six. him saying, no, it's not. I thought we were ahead. Yes. Although I didn't say that. Yes. I knew we were tied. <laughs> and – don't press LeBron in a post-game press conference either. No, let's see if Mark Schwartz is better today, yeah. <laughs> I mean Sunday, than he was last and night. And you know that's going to be the quote, the cliche now that we can use for describe this series. Be better tomorrow. You know, that's what next time, that's what Schwartz needs to say at the end of the press conference to LeBron, especially <laughs> if they lose. Hey, one more thing, LeBron, be better tomorrow. Yeah, let's see how that works out. <laughs> Uh, I will not be better tomorrow. Well, I will be. You will, will be, be gone. You'll be on your <laughs> way to Jamaica. Better. Hey, thanks for filling in today, Kramer, and next week. Thanks, bud. Good job. No problem. Thanks, man. The Edge is coming up next. Everybody have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.